Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. I'm consistently looking to flood my subconscious mm-hmm. with positive affirmations, triggers, reminders, right? Mm-hmm. That um, then dictate my, my path forward. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. All right. Hello and welcome everybody to The Bottom Line. My guest today is the fabulous Martha Adams, and we are going to talk about her entrepreneurial journey and money mindset. So, you know, it's going to be fun because those are two of my favorite subjects. Hello and welcome, Martha. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. It's an honor to be here. Oh, absolutely. Now, what is so fascinating about your entrepreneurial journey is you actually at one point kind of did what I do now, which is the financial advising and planning piece. So how did you get into that business to start? So I got into that business through a journey of passion and purpose. And it really started from a young age for me of, you know, loving everything to do with the, with the study of business. And then I discovered down the road that I had a second passion and that was education. And Mm. so I uh, earned my bachelor's of commerce degree, my bachelor's of education degree, and I combined both. I built on that platform to uh, be a certified financial planner where you know, I believed in a, and I, I still very much believe in a different starting place for the, for the, so did you start your entire career as a planner or did you have something even before that? I did have something, um, before that. So I, um, worked for a U.S. venture capital company. Oh, really? And I did. Yeah. And so it was really an amazing experience for me. I started there when I was 18 and I started at the reception desk. And then they knew that I was going uh, into commerce. They, um, this was pretty, a pretty amazing part of my life. They uh, gave me a scholarship and asked me to stay. And then I was able to uh, see everything, uh, you know, that I was studying in the textbooks in real life because uh, I was every year I was on a different team. So I was on the marketing team. I was on the finance team. And at first, actually. Um, funny story. I was, um, I was going to specialize in accounting. I was going to be an accountant and I'm so grateful for the USBC firm because I like to say that they saved me a lot of money. I love the number side of things and, and, and the analysis. Absolutely. But for me, for me, accounting lacked this, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the social, side. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was a part of my kind of quote unquote real life experience. And, uh, and I also taught, um, you, um, uh, high school rather, um, university prep 
business courses for a private high school. So that's what um, oh, I... Um, okay, so you get to blend them all right kind of from yeah, the get-go. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I find that fascinating because I'm like you, I like the numbers, but I, I don't think we are changing lives by balancing a balancing balance sheet all that often. That is also my personal opinion. Let's have this on record. This is our personal opinion. We love accountants. Oh, I love them. God bless I them forever. I love the strategy and everything behind it. It's great. So Martha, you've made an evolution. So you started as a planner and now... You're like an author and a media spokesperson and all that. So tell me about that, that movement from sitting with the clients, doing the kind of planning, and then moving into more of a thought leader role, if you will. That was the hardest move I could have made. Um, and Wendy, talking with you about this is something that really means a lot to me because you're an independent advisor as well. Yeah. And being an independent advisor, in my opinion, is you know one of the hardest ways that you can um, build the business. It takes a lot of belief, you know, to 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 start and continue as an independent because it means that you know you don't have the the backing of anyone else's name or or funding, right? You're yeah. you're doing it yourself. And I started my wealth management practice from scratch. Um, <laughs> But I felt a calling. I really felt a calling to take um, what we did in the boardroom, my, myself and my clients, to um, help more people. And so that's when uh, I I did the hardest thing, which was to to leave the practice. I'm so grateful for the support of my clients um, in saying, "Hey, no, go out there and and do you." And it really stemmed from you know wanting a different financial conversation wanting a different financial conversation to be the default conversation, right? Mm. Which is to have a, a, a positive one. Because when you think about finances, I mean, what happens when we think about finances? Really, like, is this, yes, yes, I see <laughs> Melanie going, I'm going to hide. And, and Melanie, I mean, that's so true, right? And so what if we could have something very different as, as the, as the default. And, um, what if finances were the conversation that we wanted to have? And so to, to do that, I know, <laughs> right. Um, to do that, that's why I, uh, transitioned to, um, being an author, being a speaker, being, um, doing all the really uncomfortable things. <laughs> so that I could then get comfortable truly being uncomfortable. So you could have a bigger impact. But here's mm. what I want to ask you, because mm. we are very aligned in our approach to client work and, and that type of stuff and how it's so important to talk about money, how important it is to understand a relationship with money. And I wanted to ask you, was it an aha moment? Was it a singular point in time that went, okay, we got to start talking about this? Or was it something that gradually happened after a number of things happening or seeing different things happen to different clients? It was absolutely a journey, a journey to the aha. So yeah. there were several ahas along the way, I, I would say. And it really started at my 10 year mark in the practice. Okay. When I decided, hey, it's been a decade. I want to self-evaluate here. I want to reconnect to myself, how am I a better service and value, right? And so 
re-asking myself the who am I question. Yeah. And that was a hard question to ask, um, you know, uh, because at well, that- it's not a hard question to ask. It's harder to answer and then be yeah. honest with yourself. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. Um, but I had to say to myself, um, you know, am I limiting myself or am I being true to myself? Talk more and about so, the limiting side. What, like, what was, what were you looking at when you had that discussion with yourself? My own fears, okay. my own fears. So I, uh, to give you a bit of context, um, I built the practice literally from the ground up and, um, and it, and then building that, um, then getting it to a point where it was successful, right? Yeah. And that, and so that turned into, it took a lot of courage to get it to that point. But then that turned into my comfort in my boardroom. I, um, yes, was making a difference with, with my clients. I was um, in there in, in the one-on-one and I would go into schools. I would, I would speak, I would, you know, um, I, I would do all those kinds of things, but I wasn't growing. Mm. I didn't truly feel that I was, that I was challenging myself. So I knew that there was more that I was meant to do. Yeah. I knew, I knew that but it was getting muted by my comfort in my boardroom. Hmm. I could hide away there. It was easy because you've been doing it for 10 years. So it's no problem anymore. That's it. And the, um, I, I was at that point, mostly referral based. And so it, it was easy. We, I mean, I, I must be, um, honest and upfront. Right. Hmm. Um, to say, yeah, it was at that point. It wasn't to say that I wasn't working. I wasn't, you know, um, busting it out with legit hours. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, but I, I, I couldn't say I was challenging myself. I couldn't say that, that I was growing in message and purpose. Well, that's a, that is a big realization, but then, um, but then you acted on it, which is actually probably the harder I mean, it's a hard discussion to have and come to that conclusion, but then to go and take the next step and do something about it. Yeah. So how did you, how did you do that? Like what made, what were the criteria you looked at to make, I'm just, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to go for it. So (laughs) this is, this might sound funny, but it's true. And Wendy, always in our discussions, it's always very honest. So I'm just going to be very honest. Please do. (laughs) When I get nervous, when something's really challenging me, I feel straight up nauseous. So I knew that if I was feeling nauseous, that I was, that I was doing something right. And, uh, and I was challenging myself. And so it started with me pitching a TV series. Okay. And I, um, I, I did, I sat with, with the producer and I said, Hey, this is what I want to do. And, um, what do you think? And she was, um, 
she was amazing. I mean, it was, it was a really, really wonderful experience. And then she signed me on for six segments and I wanted to vomit every time. And so, <laughs> so it was great. <laughs> well, I always say, if you don't feel a little nervous about something, are you really, should you really be doing it? But, know, <laughs> it's something new, but you're taking it to a new level. Martha. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but that was for me, a way that I could really push myself to say, I want to start making um, a bigger impact, making the, the conversation more accessible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the same time, as, as a result of it all, making myself really uncomfortable in the process. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so along the way, what has been your biggest win? Your biggest success? My immediate answer to that is probably um, a little, it might be a little different. Let me know. Um, my biggest win is my next win. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. I wake up. This makes me a little emotional. Um, for any, everyone here, you'll get to know me. I, I am um, a sap. So let's, this, this should be known. <laughs> let the record show. Mark let the record <laughs> Um, I wake up every day and I say two things right away. I say, um, today's going to be the best day yet. And I'm just getting started because it's a reminder to myself that I make it a great day. And it's another reminder to myself to always stay humble and hungry, humble to learn and hungry to serve others. And so no matter what I achieve, no matter what the win is, my focus isn't on celebrating that win. Yes, I celebrate the win, but my focus is on making it the norm. So what does that mean? That means my biggest win is my next win. That means I'm always looking to push that bar because if I'm pushing that bar for myself, mm-hmm. that means I can be more for others, do more for others, be more for others. Hmm. Do you celebrate the win you had before the next win? How do you recognize that you have achieved? So there's, there's a number of different things that, that I do. Um, one of the things that I do is um, positive triggers. So um, I very much believe in and practice the earn, grow, enjoy model where I'm going to earn. And then I focus on, on growing, obviously investing, personal development, all, all of the different areas of my grow category. And then the enjoy for me, a part of that is positive triggers. So I might buy myself something, but now it's not about that piece that was in my enjoy category list. Now it's what it represents to me. So that's one way that I um, enjoy with purpose. Mm. And then when I see that item, it's not so much about the item, it's about the trigger. It's the reminder that that's now the norm. Uh-huh. That event that happened, that's the norm. So it's, it's um, I'm consistently looking to flood my subconscious mm-hmm. with positive affirmations, triggers, reminders, right? Mm-hmm. That um, then dictate my, my path forward. Oh, that's amazing. 
so along the way, you must have had some lessons as well as you went from, you know, v venture capitalist company to advise to planner to um, what would you call yourself now, Martha? Thought so, leader, uh, what would you give? What would you call yourself? Gosh, I love thought leader. Can we stay with? <laughs> <laughs> we will stay with that. That one's leader. very humbling. So your on journey Arizona. from VC to uh, planner to thought leader. What has been your biggest lesson along the way? I would say the biggest one is around belief. Mm -hmm. When I was young, I had this feeling that I had to put my belief in others, that they would hold my belief for me. Right. And that's my biggest lesson. And I had to learn it several times yeah. um, was that no one holds your belief other than you. Right. The people can, um, uh, uplift you, shine their light, believe in you, that's different. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you, when someone else holds your belief, you truly give them control. It's not about respect for your elders, which is very much where that idea for me came from, from my upbringing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's not about respect for elders. It's not about uh, any of that. It's about respect for yourself and appreciation for yourself. And what I, what I learned is that that is not a selfish idea. It's an idea of self-betterment. I feel like that's also tied to confidence. Very uh, true. So when did you become confident enough to realize that, to have that epiphany? Like what was there, again, I go back to was an event, was it a buildup? Did you see something happen that made you realize that you were enough to do it yourself? You know what I mean? Like you could believe in yourself and not pass that on to someone else. I'd say that when I really, really invested in my self-development, I don't mean just, I don't mean solely money. I mean, energetically okay. invested in my self-development. I started to unmute myself, hmm. right? So one of the things, um, one of the best ways that I can describe it is, you know, when do you mention confidence? And it's, it's so true. Um, when you don't see yourself, you can't hear yourself. How can you truly completely be yourself? Right. Yeah. And so, I started to um, gradually, as, as I was unmuting myself, I, I was really taking out those earplugs and being able to hear what it is, like my own voice, really, right? So when I was giving others my belief, yes, I was myself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with, within me, I'm still, I'm still myself, but I'm not growing in the way that I'm, I'm meant to grow because I mute it, Right. So I started to really be able to, to hear myself when I energetically invested truly in my self-development. Through all that self-work, uh, I'm a big fan of unique ability, meaning that which you do, not only are you really, really good at it, but it feeds your soul. You're full mm -hmm. of energy. It doesn't mean you're not tired at the end of the day or doing a whole day of it. it just means mm -hmm. that you're 
feel really good when you're in the zone. What, what would yours be? I'm in the zone when I am connecting our EQ, our emotional intelligence in finances with the IQ. So all the structures, ideas, strategies, the numbers that I, that I love so much. But when I am so focused on the EQ, building up that EQ, I, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in my pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Like I am, um, I'm, I'm the most myself. I, um, I love, yeah, this is, this also makes me emotional. I love, see, if I say that, then I won't cry because I, (laughs) I can snap out of it. But I, um, it allows me to really, really be myself when I can create those ahas. I love creating those, those ahas. Those light bulb moments for people. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so you wrote a book just recently called Cleopatra's Riches. It's an awesome book. Um, can you talk about the process of writing a book? Where did it come from? Did you work with a publisher or do self-publishing? Um, both. So interesting. Okay. It was a journey. It was a journey. So being a first time author, um, takes a lot of guts. I found in 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 like, I was so grateful to have found my belief. Mm -hmm. Right. And then continue to, to, to build on that. So I said to myself, well, if I'm leaving my boardroom and wanting to take these one-on-one conversations to help more people, right. Mm-hmm. And help elevate the value of advice, because I believe in our profession in a, in a really significant way, I believe in our profession. And so as I went down the path of what I wanted to do, I said to myself, I, I, I must write a book now. Uh, fun little behind the scenes fact about that journey. Um, this is what belief does. I hated writing. I hated it. Oh, I would pick up the phone to call a client before I would write an email. Like, although like definitely I would, but I would call them. I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to pick up, pick up the phone. And so this is what belief does. Here I was finding my voice in writing. And I said to myself, I can do anything. Why can I do anything? Because I want to do it. Mm. Right. Want turns into can turns into do. And I believe that to my core. So here I was, um, starting to, to write the book. I had, I had my, um, uh, obviously the, the outline, the, the, uh, core, concepts were all there and I'm starting to write I write the book like I completely write the book I have a self-publisher then after it's all done um I look at it and I was like this isn't good enough this isn't good enough I'm not putting this out and um because here's the thing the book isn't about me not for a millisecond is the book about me. The book is about everyone that it's meant to help. That was my standard. 
So I completely scrapped it. And I started from scratch. And I said, I'm going to start from scratch and I'm going to do something hard. I'm going to make myself want to vomit. I'm going to look for a publisher. And, um, and I'll tell you something as a first time author, uh, like, you know, finding uh, a publisher who will um, hear you past hello, right? Or take is, was, was, was something. Yeah. And so, um, so that's anyhow, what I did, I, I rewrote the book from scratch, the core concepts, you know, like the, the pyramid of financial influences, the four, that is um, the, the, the core concept. Yes. However, the book was fully um, rewritten every single word. And uh, so that was, um, that was my journey um, to, to writing the book. Um, And now I'm humbled to say that it is in bookstores and um, on, you know, major retailers in their stores and online around the world. Like it's literally around the world. Um, So that's, that's really, um, that's amazing. Humbling for me. Uh, that is so exciting. Um, when it comes down to the concept, so we 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 really connected over was the money mindset piece and how that affects your financial future and how so many things are so buried in our subconscious around that and how to raise that up. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think it's important people do the work? Be- if I'm going to say it in a phrase. Mm-hmm. This is something I always say because it's something I truly believe. Finances, the financial conversation is about you and for your benefit. Why? Finances are central to so much of your life. We're all sitting in in a room right now or we're sitting somewhere. Just look around you. And anything that you look at, right, even if it's a, a goal, a, a trigger that's, that, is, that is for a future goal, finances are involved. The thing is that the way we've looked at finances before is very depreciating. I need to do this. I need to do this. It's time for want. Mm. And want Need is external. So why do we need to do the work? We need to do the work, not because we need to, because we want to, right? Yeah. Because doing the work shifts finances from all of the external based on, you know, it being based on everything and everyone else to being based on the internal. What is it that you want for yourself? Because now when we're focused on what it is you want for yourself, finances amplifies that. It doesn't dull it. It allows you to be more of yourself, to see more of yourself. Mm -hmm. So you can create and continue to create your own definition of success because it doesn't belong to anyone else. It belongs to you. And to me, finances is the conversation that is truly uniquely your own. Have you seen people who resisted having the conversation with you, Martha, and then they had it and they had the uh uh-huh. 
when people have an aha that you've worked with, what is the typical result? Like what is, how does it manifest? Oh, there's so many stories around that. That's such a, that's such a great question. My, my mind is going in 80 places because I'm saying, which one, which one do I, which one do I share? Well, this is a podcast for business owners. So if you have one that's a business owner, that would be, that would be if that helps you narrow it down. Yes, it does. Um, thank you. So there is one, um, one gentleman who immediately comes to mind who, when we first started working, so there was a, a reluctancy for two years before we started working together. And um, very established business, very successful business. He had never once worked with a financial professional. And it wasn't about the, it wasn't about the numbers, right? No. It was about the feelings and the beliefs. Okay. And Part of the reluctancy was around a feeling that there would be a lack of conversation, right? That it would be me dictating. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and um, while he was a very successful entrepreneur, he did not feel a comfort around finances hmm. and he was obviously excellent at what he did yeah right um but his comfort came from separating himself from the finances and he didn't feel that he could talk about himself or his goals right and then what ended up happening the way we broke that invisible barrier yes. right was um in starting the dialogue with nothing else but his wants, listening to him. And then as he did, I could then ask my open-ended questions and mm -hmm. start to, because my listening was different, right? I could start to connect the, the dots. And as I'm connecting the dots, the truth is I'm not so much connecting the dots for me. I'm connecting the dots for him because when I connect the dots for him, I'm opening a line of communication now. And he had goals that he wanted to achieve, but he felt that a financial professional would mute those goals. So here was an example. Charitable work was very important to him. Very important to him. And he wanted to do self-funded charitable work. But he didn't feel that that was something he could communicate with a financial professional. Was he, did he worry about feeling judged by that or try so, to be told that that is not worth his, his efforts or? Yes and yes. And he thought that right away, if he says that to a planner, the planner is going to come back and say, no, you should go make more money. Okay. What are you doing? What are you doing this for? Um, if you want to write a check, great, but go, um, go make more, more money. Right. Yeah. And so 
we talked about earning, we talked about growing and we talked about enjoy, right? And enjoy, a part of enjoy for, um, for some, including myself is charitable work, right? Yep. And so um, it, it, long story short, we ended up forming a wonderful relationship mm-hmm. and that 10 year goal was achieved in two and a half years. Um, but, and so it was just really wonderful how, um, you know, the value of advice, this is, this is a big part of why I really believe in working with professionals because Mm -hmm. here he was feeling like he's never going to achieve this and then being, having it being a double-edged sword because he's feeling like he's never going to achieve this and, um, talking with a professional is only going to mute it more. And then what happened? The absolute opposite. It right? amplified it. It amplified it and it accelerated it. Yeah. Right. And uh, so for me, that was uh, one of the, that was a really, uh, a really big win. Um, yeah, that's amazing. It makes me think that when I do some presentations, I talk about how um, if you had a, you know, if you broke your arm, do you wait till it heals before you go to the doctor? Because so many people say, oh, I'm just going to fix X, Y, and Z, and then I'll come see you versus, you know, I do that all the time, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your doctor, but anyway. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I'm going to open up the floor now for some questions. Uh, so what we usually do is get people to unmute and then I bring them down. So just uh, show me your picture. Melanie, you good? Oh, she's good. Here we go. Hi, Melanie. Hi. You're delightful. (laughs) You're delightful. (laughs) I just, I love your passion. Um, Thank you. I I was writing questions. I'm like, oh, she kind of answered that. (laughs) um, So I guess one of the questions I'm still going to ask it because I'm, I'm curious in your experience working specifically with entrepreneurs and um, even when you were working in the, the VC uh, firm, um, what, what do you think is, there's, there's this, what causes that divide between allowing ourselves to want something? And you know, mm. is, is it guilt? Do we feel, you mentioned selfish? Like do you, what, where do you think that comes from? Especially where, and then this, um, you know, this kind of tension between money as something mm we have to do to kind of live rather than what we get to earn to enjoy. And I, I have worked, I've done the one number personal uh, with, uh, yeah. So I, I get it. I was this, I was more like, huh? I, I was more oblivious rather than hiding. Um, but that's, that's my, my, my out of curiosity. What do you think causes that divide? So the divide between us and our numbers. Yeah. Like what the want feeling it that it's okay to want something Mm -hmm. and then to see the path of getting what we want that finances we get to to leverage finance rather than we have to Mm. I love your question Melanie and the truth is the answer to your question we can be here for legit days and I promise we would enjoy it like I promise it would be a nice (laughs) day I'm going to boil it down though to to start. Okay. Mm. So 
I love the financial conversation being interactive. Why? Because I believe that it's two-sided, right? Um, so I'd love to answer this question by having a dialogue, you and I. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sounds great. Um, so if I ask you about your upbringing and money, mm -hmm. what is something you would say? If I ask you, Hey, how, what was money like in your household growing up? What would you say? Yeah. I mean, we, we were well looked after, uh, wasn't something that I thought about. We used to get an allowance, um, and, money matters when they were discussed, which was rare in front of the children, it was told, it was understood, you don't talk about that outside of the house. Like that's private. Yeah, <laughs> pretty common. <laughs> Here's, so first of all, every story is unique to every individual. Mm -hmm. So that story is unique to you, Yeah. right? Now, a really key thing there Hmm. is, I mean, first of all, the, the messaging of money's taboo. Hmm. My question, my secondary question is, where in that, hmm. in your upbringing specifically, did hmm. you get to see yourself? I wasn't. Around money. Yeah, I wasn't part of it. Exactly. I didn't get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right? So that's why in a lot of ways, if we're going to start from our upbringing, we're going to start with, and, and, and money, we're going to talk about the facts, Yeah. right? So we're going to start by talking about everything external. Mm -hmm. So now, right, that, that layers, that adds up over time. And, and then what ends up happening, it's amplified by other messages as we grow up, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And then what ends up happening is because it started from the external, mm -hmm. it continues from the external. Mm -hmm. It started from guilt and obligation mm -hmm. and it continued from that. We didn't get to see ourselves. If we don't get to see ourselves, we don't get to connect to how we feel. Mm. Right? Yeah. And if money's already a taboo conversation, mm. then it's, it's not ever going to be a conversation. It's not ever going to be a dialogue. It's not something that we feel that we belong in because we've excluded the most important part, which are our emotions. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons I love working with Wendy so much because she believes yeah. in the emotion so much. Like I've got to share with you one thing behind the scenes. I haven't asked permission, but it's, I mean, you know, <laughs> but okay, I'm scared. But I, what was that Wendy? I said, now I'm scared. Go ahead. No, no. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having a conversation and um, I love every conversation I had with Wendy. Why? Because it, it, I'm going to highlight one of them where she said to me, she's like, Martha, the, the EQ is just or even more important than the IQ because the IQ is based on, on the EQ. Mm -hmm. And I have to share with you that is, that's, that's a rare find, mm. right? Yeah. And so um, when we can connect the way that we feel, 
Now we can create the want. Mm. Otherwise, all we're focused on is need. Yeah. So need is all external and want is internal. So we've mm -hmm. got to connect to ourselves. And by connecting to ourselves, we're seeing our own perspective. Now you're starting to see your upbringing differently, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So you're seeing it from your own lens. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, you can start to say to yourself, how does this feel for me? How am I seeing this in my life today? And if finances is a conversation that's so central, it's central to your business, you start to feel more comfortable in uh, talking about your earnings, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, talking about, uh, you know, like asking for future projects, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's very, very different because now think about it. Now you're building your confidence mm -hmm. in the most hidden place. Now, now we've yeah. hit the treasure chest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you want to high five it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first you. high five. Did I do okay? <laughs> you did great. I, I love am now, I'm now bringing Debbie in and Debbie, uh, loves talking about money and she loves talking about money mindset, uh, especially with entrepreneurs, I think, Debbie. So bring it on. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And first of all, Martha, we share the same last name. We're cousins. We're cousins. Yes. I mean, I married into it, but like, let's, let's still be cousins, Debbie. I like it. <laughs> we won't mention any of that on air, but anyway. <laughs> I'm just curious in your, uh, I, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I love talking about money. I love making money. I'm, you know, I'm, I think there is a positive correlation between the EQ and the IQ, but in your journey, have you noticed that um, a gender difference mm. when it comes to, uh, uh, well, I'll just tell you, sometimes I meet women that are okay uh, living in a household where the man is bringing in the money and people don't like to talk about this, um, but they're not okay with being the stewards of their own money. Um, yes, there is absolutely a difference. I, I, I do feel that. It's communicated differently is the thing. There are a lot of men who are very uncomfortable talking about money and being the stewards of their money, they're very uncomfortable. They express it differently. So I had the EQ conversation with every single one of my clients. They, they just simply express it differently. When I'd be sitting with a couple back when we could have in-person get-togethers without getting arrested, you know, all these good things. <laughs> but I would be having sometimes two different conversations simultaneously, right? Because everyone has their discomfort. Why does everyone have their discomfort? Because of exactly what Melanie shared, right? The, the fact that it the conversation right from the hop started from need. And we also grew up without any context. And then 
all of a sudden, we've got to do everything. And we not only have to do everything, we must be good at it. We must assume a role. So sometimes when it's us as women, it's not that we we necessarily have um, uh, that we don't want to get to the point of wanting to, it's we don't have context. So we don't even know what we want. What we know is, well, what we've been told. This is your role, right? I just happened to grow up um, being the black sheep a little bit and I wouldn't accept my role. So, so here, so here I am, here I am today. And I'm, and I'm so grateful for that. But I think when we connect to defining our own role, right. Um, and I think one of the things that will, will help answer this question, Debbie, is in, in the relationship chapter, chapters of my book, I actually go through a story. I follow a couple through a fictitious couple, right. Um, of course, it's based on a lot of stories altogether, but it, it talks about exactly what, what you're saying, which is all, all around the roles and the way things appear aren't necessarily the way that they are. So in, in this situation, we had the, the man taking the, the, the role, like the, the lead role in finances and and his wife taking the um, kind of like the day-to-day, some of the, like the banking um, pieces. But the way it actually ended up was the reverse. Why? That's the thing. So the way things are, aren't, the way they appear, mm. aren't always the way they are. And EQ allows us to uncover that in a meaningful way. So what do I mean by meaningful way? it's not just about the aha, it's about following it through to a new result. Mm-hmm. And we, we achieve the new result by doing something different. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Martha, it's like the gender does, does show differently in terms of how we rep- represent ourselves to the world about the money, but that when we then tie, when we are able to go in and, un- and create craft our own roles mm-hmm. about money, then mm-hmm. that sees the change. Do yeah. you feel like we were given different messaging as women growing up versus men? Yes. Yes, I do. Very much. Well, can you talk a little bit about that and how yes. it may be manifesting itself today? So in, in a lot of ways, and yeah. sadly, I feel, sorry. So I was just saying, thanks, Debbie, for her question. Yes, it's such a great question, Debbie. I hope I, hope I uh, did, did it help answer? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested in uh, Wendy's question now. <laughs> um, so a, a big way, and I'm, I'm sad to say, I'm, you know what? No, I'm motivated to say this still exists today. Why? Because we can, we can bring change to it. So gender roles are very, still very much real. And in a lot of ways, women are the support role, right? So what does that mean? It means that when we're not going to take the lead, we're certainly not going to own our power, right? So there's so much already 
for women that is based around guilt and obligation, right? I can't do, I can't move forward in my career because what, it, what is that going to do um, to my spouse and, and my kids? Well, um, I'm going to give you a specific example on that. There was um, someone I was working with who um, felt that exact same thing. She was at a point in her career of now taking a big leap, right? So would that mean that she would out-earn her husband? Is that one yes. of the, yeah, okay. She would out-earn her husband. Um, she would also be more public, be more of a shining star. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now the kids were, so she, she had three children and, um, a a lot of it was based around, uh, a lot of the excuses were based around, Hey, I've got to be here Mm -hmm. for my kids. Right. But, um, that was no longer the thing. Then, um, uh, her feeling that, Hey, her husband didn't, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't feel comfortable or, you know, um, that she would in doing that, she would be hurting the family in some way, Mm -hmm. right? Because she was now no longer going to be the supporting role. Now, the truth is her husband was actually legit all for it, right? All for her being more her, because the thing is that one of the things that he acknowledged, and this is separate conversations, he and I, one of the things that he acknowledged was if she's more her for herself, she's going to be happier around me. She's going to be happier around the kids. She's going to, you, you know, um, it's gonna, happy wife. Matt. Like, it's, <laughs> that's part of, that was part of, part of his joke at, to, at how he communicated the mm-hmm. way he really felt. Yep. But her belief was formed from that feeling of guilt and obligation that like her belief in having to be that supporting yeah supporting role so i hope that that gives yeah a, kind of a solid yeah example. and that was and that's probably so many outside forces that had added up over time but probably principally happened when she was quite young is what i would guess yes yeah. um there is one final question that i have on the table for you and that was um understanding the actual actions that you can take so we have this eq we have this uh uh-huh moment this oh my god i understand everything in the universe now about my money um now i have to do something or how do i move from uh uh-huh to action so this is perfect because one of the things that i say is you've got to start the conversation when you start the conversation you create the uh aha Mm-hmm. Now you've got to continue it, right? Because often we stop at the start. We stop at the start line. We've done yeah. something. We're like, great. And then let me well, sit down. Says knowing is half the battle. So we have to go the other half. <laughs> you have to go the other half. So now you've got to ask yourself, well, now what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Why am I, why am I saying, ask yourself that, right? I'm saying, ask yourself that because 
now you're really connecting to your inner power of choice. Mm -hmm. No one chooses for you. You choose for you, right? So now what am I going to do? So let's just say you came to the realization, you had that aha, and it connected to you to your goal. Yeah. Perhaps that's then picking up the phone and calling Wendy, right? To say, okay, my... Um, let's update the plan. I mean, really like these, these are the things because now you're empowering yourself with the tools and perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And the best part is that it started with you and it continues with you. I feel like part of it too, is if you are, if you have a professional in your life that you can uh, state the goal out loud, that you're probably more likely to follow through. Cause now you've said it out loud versus just had it in your mind. Yes. And then you can engage that help to get you there. So our subconscious mind does not discriminate, right? Mm-hmm. Anything we give it, it accepts as fact. Yeah. So I share that because Wendy, what you're saying is absolute evidence of that, right? So when you're saying it out loud, you're also communicating something to your subconscious mind, right? Yeah. As to um, what you believe about yourself. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's part of the reason. So speaking with a professional, saying it out, out loud with a professional, Another thing is when you're saying your affirmations, there's a reason we say them out loud, right? Um, because we're programming our mind to a new path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay, Martha, I have to tell you, I have greatly enjoyed today. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on um, the real bottom line. And I think that the real bottom line today is earn, grow, and enjoy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.